going on down there. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to WTF at TFW's very special WTF at Machinima episode about Transformers Combiner Wars, which uh, was a cartoon put together by Hasbro and Machinima. Uh, it was then shown exclusively on Go90 in the United States, and exclusively on YouTube uh, everywhere else, and nowhere in Japan. If you're in Japan, I do not believe you're actually able to watch this legally at all. Um, also, briefly, Episode 2 disappeared from their YouTube channel when they put up a combined Episode 1 and 2 to lead United States YouTube people to Go90. Uh, I've now gone and checked. All episodes are back on YouTube. They've added uh, INTL Markets to each title, I think, to, oh, except for Episode 6, uh, to help out. Oh, nope, nope. It's just up till Episode 5 they added that. Episode 6 doesn't have it. Neither does Episode 7, Darkest Hour, nor does Episode 7, Destruction's Dawn. Because uh, in the international markets, the series actually went episode 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 7. Um, which is a great way to kick off talking about this, the first animated installment of the Prime Wars trilogy. Uh, I'm joined by uh, Aaron. Hey. And uh, TJ. Hello. And uh, we were going to have Seth, but Seth uh, has contacted us and said that his throat is uh, in a state where he really would like to not talk very much, let alone uh, talk about... Uh, the particular content of this podcast. Uh, if you do want to hear some of Seth's, Seth's thoughts, uh, I'm going to pester him about it next time we record, which I believe would be episode 427 of uh, the main WTF at TFW show. So it'll either be there or I'll stitch it in here. Probably it'll be there in episode 427. So uh, Combiner Wars was eight five-minute-ish installments, making for about 40-some minutes total content. Uh, had a lot of... Uh, a lot of uh, fan and YouTube personality voice actors was animated by, uh, I believe, Tatsunoko Studios in Japan. Yep. Um, pretty pretty good anime studio with quite a pedigree behind them. Um, had uh, not too much buildup, just sort of suddenly had a bit of buildup a month or two before it came out. There were four preludes as well, which were done as motion comics, which we were assured was not the representation of the show's animation. And uh, just to, to boil it down here, number one, there will be spoilers. Uh, we're not going to go like all the way through the series, but I wanted to just hammer out like what I think, you know, if we're going to turn the series into bullet points, I think it, it actually communicates pretty well as a series of bullet points. Makes for a really cool sounding story. Um, so the Great War's over. It's been like 40 years. Optimus Prime and Megatron uh, decided to, to both take exile from Cybertron in order to allow for an age of peace. Uh, the, the planet's now ruled over by a council of three, an Autobot, Rodimus, a Decepticon, Starscream, and a representative of Caminus, uh, the Mistress of Flame. Uh, Caminus being another planet where Cybertronians live. Uh, and as we enter the story, there is a, a crisis because combiners are running amok and... Uh, a certain pair of combiners have caused enough death and destruction on Caminus to make Windblade, the resident city speaker, want to take justice into her own hands. She goes to Cybertron to take out the Enigma of Combination. Uh, that's my phone ringing. That's uh, not anyone from Machinima or the Combiner Wars show. That's uh, my mom calling, actually. Maybe she's asking me to just stop what I'm doing, but I'm not. Uh, when she goes to Cybertron, she's about to ex execute her mission, and uh, Optimus Prime stops her, thinking she's going to assassinate Starscream. They have a misunderstanding. She explains, no, I'm going to destroy the Enigma, and then Optimus Prime realizes the Enigma is in their possession. It's not meant to be in anyone's possession, so the only way they can destroy it is to find someone powerful enough to do so. That only person is Megatron. They go and find the exiled Megatron, and uh, after some 
uh, back and forth, smacking each other around. It's Windblade's conviction that convinces Megatron uh, to join them, making them a trio, uh, a- another trio, in fact, an Autobot, a Decepticon, and a Kamian, who are going to go and deal with the Enigma combination. The Council does not believe they have their best interests at heart. They think that these three are misguided and, uh, and violent, and they're not going to listen to them. And, uh, you know, conflict erupts. Uh, combiners show up, escalating the action. And uh, at the last moment, it's decided to activate the Enigma and put the Combiners under control. Uh, the Mistress cannot do it because she's Kamian. Rodimus can't do it because he's injured. It's up to Starscream. Starscream does it, and it turns out that that's all he wanted was power. And uh, now, mad with power and overwhelmed by power, completely out of control, uh, the monstrous Starscream is finally stopped by... Uh, the power of Windblade and the city Metroplex, and then uh, he's he's separated from the Enigma by the combined force of Optimus Prime and Megatron. And uh, awakening Metroplex means the Titans have returned, but uh, Megatron will have no part of it. It's up to Optimus, Windblade, and the rest of Cybertron to continue on as the Titans come back to life across the galaxy. That sounds like a pretty cool show to me, personally. Yeah, um, it's sad that it didn't come out. Uh, the, same. the thing I didn't want to lead with was that I can do the same thing for the Star Wars prequels. If you break them down into bullet points, they actually sound like really cool stories. Uh, they're just delivered so badly that um, it's hard to remember that, you know, if you strip away the actual media and read the bullet point breakdown, there's, there, there was something there that probably got people to want to continue on to make something. Uh, so now we know the plot. Uh, let's talk about Combiner Wars. I guess the first thing that I'd really like to cover is we had uh, the two fan-voted characters in this show, and uh, this is the first time uh, that some people were going to see them, because a lot of older fans haven't watched R.I.D. Um, not not enough older fans read the comic books, in my opinion. So this is the first introduction for a lot of people to uh, to characters like Victorion. Um, so, is it really an introduction to Victorion? Yeah, she swooped down and then became a leg. And then ate the Enigma of Combination and left. Favorite character. Yeah, she's actually one of my top three characters in the, in the whole show. Um, because I think she perfectly represents Machinima's Combiner Wars, like in every sense. She's a combiner who is apparently not made of individual robots. It's just a very large robot that's all asymmetrical and funny looking. Uh, her motivations make no sense. Uh, she's heavily built up and then is not in the show, really. Uh, and then she appears to actually eat the Enigma of Combination and leaves as apparently the ruler of the Combiners, who are now a race, it turns out. So, you know, to to my first point, talking about Combiner Wars, are any of the... I mean, we don't see any, like parts of the combiner separate at we any see time, do we? three constructicons they beep at each other yeah okay and it's but actually we don't see constructicon robots just they no, end no, up being devastator see, for see, a short while we see uh was it one constructicon robot and two vehicles okay uh, they're the ones who are like sparring with megatron i think they're sparring i don't know if they're just attacking him uh, and then they don't talk, and it's actually not entirely clear that those three are Constructicons who go on to be part of Devastator. I, I guess it's assumed. No. <laughs> yeah, don't revenge the Paul on us here. I mean, why not? They beeped at each other. Like, when did Scrapper ever beep at somebody? Was Scrapper... I can't remember who they were. Long Haul was the robot. And I guess Hook was one... That was really stupid. Yeah, we... Aside from that, 
if it wasn't for those three Constructicons, you never see a component of a combiner being its own individual. That's correct. Well, you did You did see, I think it was Strafe as just a flung arm at one point. Well, no, he, I mean, Compute, sorry, that, that's an arm. It doesn't have a name. That's Computron's arm gets cut off right. and flies into orbit. And then I guess that when they picked up his body, they found it in orbit again. I know there's like a the for something called combiner war. I think there's technically a grand total of what four combiners. Four combiners. Um, two of them fight at the beginning, and I think Devastator and Victorion glare at each other at least. If not, like one of them smacks the other one out of the way. But uh, they don't really war with each other, nor do they ever combine. Uh, mm-hmm. They they do mm-hmm. they do kind of combine with Starscream. Okay, that let's be fair. That's not technically a combination. Well, here's the thing. I bet you, if you confronted someone who worked on the show about it, they would pull the same card and say, "You know, technically they did combine uh, one combiner for each limb, and Starscream is the core." I thought maybe you, as a Transformers fan, would know what a combiner is. Uh, so maybe don't pass judgment on my work, sir. That's me speaking as Combiner Wars staff member. Um, that's my name. Uh, yeah, I. Uh, I love combiners. I really love combiners. Uh, speaking as m- myself again, I-, I like them a lot. Uh, you tell me that you've got uh, a venerable animation studio working on a show called Combiner Wars, and and, and you know you show me that you you make it clear you're not even going to have every combiner in it. That's cool. You know, I, I just figure at some point, maybe at some point, I'd get to see a combiner combine. Uh, but no, I don't. Uh, my my list of demands weren't very long, and and Combiner Wars managed to 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 utterly fail me uh in 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 just about every single way that i i had hoped it wouldn't fail me uh i have a list in fact but i'll save that for for a second um let's let's just quickly talk about windblade she's part of my list but let's talk about windblade because she's the other character she's she's one of the main characters and uh, again for a lot of people watching this uh, from the Joe Public end of the fandom, or even the non-fandom, just people who remember Transformers. I'm sure this was a lot of people's first experience with Windblade as a character, uh, which is tragic to think about. But, um, Aaron, uh, I mean, you've, you've read comics. Mm-hmm. And uh, have you seen Windblade in, in R.I.D.? And uh, I think she just showed up around the time that I quit watching the cartoon. Okay, she's she's all right. Her her intro episode, I think, is her worst. Um, there's some really dumb, uh, the two girls don't like each other stuff, which feels below what I was expecting. But she goes on to be pretty cool uh, in the show, if a little bit flat. But uh, how'd you feel about Combiner Wars Machinima Windblade? I just angry, and there's like never really a given. Like, do they actually say? Or set up very well. Well, in the first episode, the reason why she's angry because she just rolls in and pissed off at Minasaur and off screen. Off screen, they've been they've been wrecking the planet, you know, and she's she's about had enough, and then they kill her partner. Yeah, Maximum. And you know, okay, I I could see like if they started even like the slight modification if they started out like, hey. You know, you need to be cool here, and then he just turns and blows up a building. Then have her get angry, and it would seem like it flowed better. Just like not face mask deploy, fall parts fall off, 
Rarg. Limbs yeah, pop the off face of my mask. friend even more. Rarg. The face mask was great. She just shows up and it's like, bip, there it goes. Yeah. Tosses it off like a pair of shades. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, listen, all right? How much money do you think they have? They can't just show a city actually getting destroyed. Yeah, but they have them, like, walk through something at one point, don't they? I I think that the, the, the opening fight takes place inside an enclosed area. It looks like a parking garage. There's a hole in the ceiling, I think. Mm-hmm. Why does Cybertron have a parking garage? It's a Caminus, thank you. I thought I thought we all watched the show. Combiner Wars. That was that was on Caminus, where they I guess do have parking garages. We can all turn into vehicles, but you know, we all we all took our cars here. We, you gotta sleep somewhere. Alright. Uh <laughs> TJ, how did you feel about Windblade? I like, I like the idea of a Cybertron of a Cybertronian uh parking garage basically being a hotel yeah it's where they all you know there's no shyness we just all sleep on the floor (laughs) we have lines drawn around where we're allowed to our our culture doesn't believe in privacy yeah uh but but tj how'd you feel about the delivery on windblade um that's not windblade uh no she said her name's windblade i heard Uh, her say it i yeah i i heard that too but this is uh, this is windblade in a rid 2001 grimlock is grimlock kind of way uh yeah he's grimlock i heard him say his name was grimlock exactly i got to thinking about this and you could replace that with any character a completely different character same personality and you would not be able to tell me wait that feels like windblade oh no in episode eight she suddenly started city speaking okay okay at one one point she heard a voice in her head, and we have to presume that it's Metroplex. Don't let this happen, said the audience. <laughs> we, we, now, if if you have never been exposed to Windblade, if you never read the comic books and you don't know what a city speaker is, you watch that episode and you go, oh, great, she's losing her mind. Or, oh, no, mm-hmm. there's another video playing in my other tab that I forgot about. The video I have where a man says, don't let this happen really slowly. Uh, or it might be the voice in the back of your head no, who knows you're about to hit the next episode button. Well, I, I think Windblade had uh, a really good voice actor. Uh, very believable voice actor who was making the most of sometimes actual terrible lines. Uh, like at one point where she begins a statement with a couple words that include the word now and then ends the statement with comma now. Uh, that's in the episode where they go to find Megatron. That really stuck out to me because I hate that a lot. Where someone says, actually, now we need to get going now. You know, it was, which sounds like a high schooler wrote it, which is beneath the people who worked on Combiner Wars. Like totally now we need to get going. Totally now we need to get going now. You got to have that second comma now on the end. Uh, I say this because Metroplex's voice actor I think was so terrible he went on to be uncredited, as far as I know. (laughs) Which means, I think there's a chance that Metroplex's voice was a temp track, and then no actor was actually hired to fill in on top of the temp track. Just like, eh, that's close enough. I mean, okay, I've, I've worked on some video spots, not animation, but I've worked on narrated video spots where we would have a producer record a temp track of the audio so we'd have something to edit before they got the actor to speak the Mm-hmm. the voiceover the way that metroplex's voice sounds sounds like a producer reading lines so that they could animate the show and then they would and eventually get a metroplex voice actor to dub over those the the thing is 
there's no lip flap. Like, there's literally nothing. All it's there to basically do is be the timing meter. Yeah, it's, it's timing. That's what that's what we did in our spot was for timing, um, mm-hmm. you know, because we had a, it's a contest, so it was the contest details being written. And basically, that's the only way I can even begin to imagine someone uploading that video with that Metroplex voice is the assumption that there was going to be a fill-in, and then there wasn't, so they put a reverb on the voice and hoped no one would notice is the only way I can possibly understand like it's such a simple thing to like you know, okay these are professionals there's no way they would leave that in but given how the rest of the show came out i kind of wonder yeah this this whole show was a great challenge to the i guess the faith i had given for granted to folks who work in in media to put out something that they would want to also say they worked on I would assume that there is at least some level of pride in the product that is being presented, uh, which is one of the key qualities I think is missing from Combiner Wars. Is there's no sense of pride about anything that's going on, uh, specifically and and majorly in the sound post production department. Um, and I guess let's uh, let's just start jumping topics because we've talked about Windblade enough. Um, uh, if, if you think that that's what Windblade is like as a character in general, nope, uh, you've been misled. I would highly recommend reading some of her comic book appearances or, uh, or watching some episodes of R.I.D. 2015. Uh, her debut episode is kind of the worst one, so, I, you know, go past that one if you can. Yeah, because she's not, she's not Rage Geisha. Yeah, in, in her, in her debut episode in R.I.D., she's, she's, I think, overly catty, in my opinion, uh, especially compared to how she tends to be later on in the show. Uh, I think that the idea was, because in, in R.I.D., she's kind of a veteran, and she's a little bit snarky, and her intro episode, it comes off a hundred times more catty than snarky. Um, but yeah, this is a terrible Windblade. This is this is a movie prime level misrepresentation of a character. It was also on my list of things that I hope that they wouldn't do is... You know, I hope they can at least capture some of the tendons of the Windblade character, you know, as she has been delivered elsewhere. Uh, they miss the mark entirely. They miss the mark about as hard as, as a movie character misses the mark on most of the movie character uh, characterizations. Uh, and I, I, I would really like to talk about the audio post-production, if you guys, unless you got, um, unless you guys want to talk about something else. I actually started the Windblade thing. To be fair, I should rotate the chair around. I'm remembering how to do this. We haven't done this for a while. Uh... <laughs> Aaron, have you got a, a topic that's really on the tip of your tongue you'd like to talk about? Hey, I, I, one of the things I wanted to talk about was some of the post-production on voices. Yeah, audio. Some all right, of them audio. turned out really well. Mm-hmm. And then it was like Minosaur and Computron. It was like they threw flange on it, reversed something, and it sounded like they had the intent to maybe take something out and then didn't. So you ended up with some like weird... Like it was understandable but it seemed like they pushed something too far and just went yeah whatever M- menasaur sounded like an angry man and not like an angry monster uh and I, and this is the thing i've really got to say here i've said this on our own podcast episodes many times 
I want to clear make something clear before we get too far into this. I got nothing against the voice actors who worked on this project. I got absolutely no ire held towards them. Uh, we've got two of them showing up at TFCon Chicago, and I hope to, to everything that people who dislike the show do not take that out on the voice actors uh, who were present. Yes. Um, the voice actors were working Unless with what they, they had. Unless they were the ones in the edit room tweaking knobs. <laughs> I mean, in given, which case... Given the parent hey. budget of this production, who knows? They are on yeah. YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, hey, you guys want to earn an extra 50 bucks? I'm sure it was a hundred at least. It had had to. No, 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 no. You you start low. They turn around and come back and say it's got to be a hundred, and you come uh, middle, in the middle seventy five. Seventy five. No, 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 no. Look, look, look. This is great exposure for you. How much do you want to bet there was some friggin' exposure involved in some of those voice roles? Like, I'm a little wary. I I already am wary of Machinima as a company, um, given the YouTube nature of some of the voice actors who were involved. I'm sure they were paid, but, like, there's a part of me where my immediate thought was, like, oh, my God, did they pull, like, some kind of, we're a major MCN, and we'd love to give you the exposure to get your work out there. Um, I know there were some professional voice actors and, and, you know, agented voice actors with representation working on this. I'm sure that was not the case, but... Yeah, uh, Menasaur, for instance, is is, uh, is an actor who has a YouTube channel, um, and and his performance wasn't bad. It just did not sound like a giant combiner. It sounded like an angry man, uh, and and also the the lines he was given to work with were terrible. Like, what a nerd! Uh, mm-hmm. Not a, not <laughs> that was that should have been the clue that Menasaur was not in fact a combination of five or six minds, but was just an, a large angry man. Um, in hindsight, I guess I should have... Just, just a jock made of cars. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the audio post on this thing was was a train wreck. Uh, and, and having just said that I hope people were paid for their work, the idea that someone was paid to do the audio post on this almost makes me angry, uh, especially as the show went on. Um, TJ, was there anything about the... Just let's talk about the audio post side of this. Was there anything that stuck out to you as, as good or bad? I think you mentioned it before. I mean, saying nothing against the voice actors, there's just some miscasting going on and a lot of people trying to work with what they can. Mm. Um, for, for me, audio wise, not a whole, like the things that kind of stick out to me are like, very, like a very cliche, like this was taken off of a $10 audio CD sound effects set. Oh yeah, the the foley yeah. was trash, uh, and and one of the places where it stuck out the worst in the final episode when Megatron is running up something, mm-hmm. um, that's like every single one of his footsteps was not only the exact same noise; it was the same volume, no matter where he was, no okay. matter what his pace was. Okay, that's one of the things that bugs me the most. And now that I've actually edited something where I had to put in footfalls, like I know from experience. That's that is the one of the worst things you can do, is just have the exact same noise going do 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 over and over. Yeah, and and here's the thing: when I edit my weird combiner videos, I often do that because uh, I only have a handful of footfall noises, and uh, and I usually just pile them up and echo them enough where I kind of feel okay with it, or I don't have a whole lot of them for more than a certain amount of time. It still sounds very amateurish. I'm kind of perturbed by the notion that that is on an equal level to what I'm watching on this this licensed yeah web show 
Yeah, because at the very least, you pitch shift one of them down because the left foot's not going to fall the same as the right foot. Yeah, again, yeah, there's th- going to be mm-hmm. a slight difference just so you can tell, like, when you're when your back is turned or when you're, like, clicked to a different tab and you hear that, you should be able to tell that's running. Yeah. And you can't tell that's running if it's the same noise over and over. For all you know, your video is busted and it's just playing the yeah, same, like... Yeah, you just like, got stuck in a weird loop. Yeah. But that's 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 where I, I I make my statement about being a little annoyed about the idea of this having been paid work. When I when I make dumb videos, most of the time they're monetized, but the hours put into them are not paid by the hour. Whoever worked on this, if they were paid, they should have been paid by the hour, and someone should have listened back and said that's not good enough. Do it again. <laughs> the audio post of this, I posted a vine. In the middle of the show, I called it the Mistress of the Flame Supercut because uh, there's an episode oh, where God. she, she, oh God, that noise! She angrily thumps her staff several times in the episode. They always use the same sound effect. That's not the crime here. The crime is the sound effect sounded kind of like if you took a tin pot and tapped it against a flagpole. Oh my God! Yes, I, then, I equate I equated it to like knocking on a frying pan. One of the best yeah. parts of the Combiner Wars series has been seeing the way that fans have tried to make onomatopoeia out of the noise her staff makes. I've seen my mine was tonk, but the better one I heard was bink. bink. Uh, yes, bink, bink. Especially when she then slams it twice in a row after telling the city speaker to know her place. Oh, she she snarled it. Know yeah. your place. Tink. Tink. Yeah, it's when she did it twice, because the whole thing, I was like, this is funny. This is so funny. And then she does it twice in a row, and I'm like, well, now now I know someone working on this had to know that that sounded stupid. There's no way you hear that twice in, in half a second and not hear how stupid that sounds. Uh, that, was, that was awful. Um, the audio post on this was, was calamitous uh, for the most part. There, there were some voices that uh, turned out well. Um, especially in the post-production side. Uh, Megatron's voice, his post-production, was a welcome relief where someone's voice finally had an effect put on their lower end. Uh, John Bailey's Optimus Prime was able to get away with the effects it had because of the nature of the raw performance, I think, but Megatron's voice was the first one I can think of where I actually heard a low end. Um, and and uh, the levels of this thing, too, were... Uh, cacophonous. Uh, a lot of the show is just a wall of noise. Uh, the show opens with a wall of noise as the logo animates out with this explosion of... I was trying to watch this on my TV with uh, the YouTube app, and uh, my speakers kept cracking, and I kept getting jump-scared every time an episode started because it'd be like dead silence, and then... <laughs> and then the logo's there. And I'm like, did you, did you have to try to make that exciting? I guess that was the idea, was to make it exciting. Um, but it was unpleasant. The audio post on this sucked! Uh, and I, I don't feel that enough money was spent making sure it was better. I think that, that a lot of the show's problems come down to the idea that not a lot of money was spent on the show past a certain point. Uh, Metroplex voice was terrible. It was so stupid. Um, TJ, have you got a talking point you'd like to go into? Well, as long as we're on the technical side of things, we've talked the audio, we might as well talk the visual. Yeah, I guess that's the reasonable, logical next place to go. Because 
the word I use, the word I heard used the most to describe this animation was Energon-esque. Yeah. Not, not a it, good it, thing when you're talking about wishes CG. wishes it could be Energon-esque. Oh, wow. I'm not going to go that far, because there were... Oh, come on. I think there, there were... They had three frames... Sorry, they had four frames for the mouth. Closed, very open, extremely open, dislocated jaw. Yeah, it's twice as many frames as Energon had. Uh, Energon at least had like small mouth, medium mouth, large mouth, and came close on lip flap. I think the the, the mouth frame. What do you think? At one point in time, I was like, ah, 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 ah. I think the mouth frames were less of the problem so much as they were the realization that they weren't even trying to be synchronized with anything. Yeah, I uh, could when I watched talky bits, I could not look at the screen. <laughs> I like the idea of dubbing over the talkie bits phonetically. That's something actually yeah. no one's done yet that I really <laughs> it, would like it, to see. It just sounds like pain is all that you could get out of it. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I think that Energon never had good CG action. Energon's best action was whenever it would go hand-drawn. Combiner Wars had, I, I want to say, a total of at least 20 seconds of really good CG animated action. About that. Because I know there were moments where I was like, oh, that actually looked pretty cool. At least twice, and those had to at least be 10 seconds long, so I wanted... Yeah. And and our... Yeah, and one of them was not our very first example of the action. No! The... Which, is, which is not so much two combiners battling it out in space, which sounds awesome, as much as it is two CG models having their X, Y, Z coordinates back and forth into each other over and over. I, I like the part when Computron used the drill to give a knee to the face or whatever. That was kind of cool. Th that wasn't bad. And that was very much a G1 Computron because he had um, the ship nose on his back of G1 Scattershot. Hey, that's a, that's a pretty cool reference to throw in. Yeah. That's a pretty cool reference. That's a that's an homage. That's for the fans. That was, that was when I rewatched it today. I was like, "Oh, that's a neat nod." The uh, the frame rate though was uh, was a real special thing, wasn't it? Oh God, like twelve frames, maybe. Yeah, I've seen yeah. it argued because people were making comparisons to to Netflix Voltron and a lot of modern animation where it's mixed with two D, so they cut the frame rate of the CG down to twenty four to try to make it look like it matches, which I don't think works. Um, but that's not what we were watching here. What we were watching here was was not that. Whatever this was, it wasn't that. That has mm -hmm. artistry to it. This felt like a technological limitation. One of my theories. And again, no proof. This is another theory I have, is that the animation company did the animation and then sent all the raw project stuff to Machinima and then Machinima rendered it out themselves to save on some money. That's the only way that I can fathom this animation company having their name and attached just, to that. We're rendering it on the... They were just running it on the uh, um, old Windows XP box. What's a, what's a Machinima series where there's I know they have series that they they don't farm out where they do animation stuff. Um, I don't know. This looks like one. What's Smash Champ? Is there animation in this? Link fights a Goomba army. Let me see what this looks like. Uh, 
Because I, I imagine they have a, mach- a couple machines they use for animation where it's like, yeah, the animation is we have we have video game pixels as layers in After Effects and we keyframe animate them. And I got a feeling like one of those machines, yeah, that's what this looks like. I got a feeling like one of those machines was like used to attempt to render the larger CG project that was the Combiner Wars episodes. It's the only way you can explain stuff like the opening of episode two when Starscream's flying over the city and and it, it looks like whatever machine you're on is dying uh, as, as it tries to render the pan over the cityscape or episode whatever <laughs> with Megatron's debut when he's walking through all the mist fighting the Constructicons and the same thing happens where it just looks like the video's dying. Uh, money spent feels like it was low again. That That seems to be the thing is is a lot of talented people not being given a lot of money to do their work is, is the story of the show in my eyes. Um, also, did you guys like how the violence often amounted to like limbs falling off? Yeah. Yeah. A lot, yeah. A lot of arms need to work on, uh, need to work on that joint strength. Maybe they need some future floor polish to <laughs> keep those things from just popping off at a That's why, uh, side glance. That's why Maxima is another one of my top three favorite characters, because I invented a whole backstory for her after the whole thing of like she gets she gets hit once and her arm falls off then she gets hit again and her leg falls off. And I'm like, that's just got to be Maxima's thing It's like she's got this joint problem. And and then like, you know, Windblade's crying over her and leaves and Maxima's like, yo, jerk, I'm not dead. (laughs) And I can't. My leg is over there. Where are you? You took my gun. Where'd you go? (laughs) Hello? Someone help? Uh, I was hoping that when they showed, like, the Computron and Menasaur corpses in the council chamber, that, like, Maxim was just going to be there in the corner, like, putting her limbs back on. No, no, I got I got this. I got... Hold on. No, wait, that's that part's upside down. No, 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 I got it. It's okay. Yeah. Oh, man. Talking about animation as well. The... Like, the representation of combined Starscream just being a giant copy of Starscream that's translucent with combiners inside of it yeah like that's I, a, I still wasn't quite sure entirely it was so like okay he's he's combined with the combiners but he's just a face in the middle of his no, no, body no. that's different and, that's different so first he's the ultimate combiner right where you think okay. combiners are five robots for you know four robots for four limbs what if a combiner was just a limb of a bigger combiner that's probably the bullet point again right where that sounds pretty cool what if, so what if the four combiners are the four limbs of the ultimate combiner and Starscream is the core? It's like, all right, except we don't have the money to model like some kind of big, awesome, crazy combination. So what if we just have a giant translucent Starscream with the five of them floating inside? Uh, and then what happens when he goes out of control? It wasn't just that we were going to take his head and, and warp the vertices a bunch so it looks all funny and put it in a bubble. Uh, did you guys see how there were like just random pieces of combiners in there with him yeah 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 like he didn't look like he didn't look like a combiner or a star screen he looked like a pissed off katamari there was yeah there was like a there was a part of a foot and then like a half of an arm and just a piece of a crotch and they weren't even in the right position so it, yeah it just looked like uh it looked like a, a jellyfish that had eaten some toys that were floating in the ocean, and it was it was great. Oh man, that Starscream! Uh, the animation on this looked really cool in stills. Uh, it was well storyboarded, I think. Um, 
Very well storyboarded. Really good storyboards. <laughs> okay, there's only so much you can credit the storyboards. Man, the storyboards were good. You could tell where the storyboards were because that's what happened between motions. You still had a frame rate to match the real media files I was watching R.I.D. on in 2001. You know, nostalgia for the G1 fans. All right, I know you kids maybe don't remember the original Transformers, but they're back. And it's the Game of Thrones of animation. <laughs> oh, God. That's an article I read. Oh, um, mm-hmm. I saw that. It's a really good article. It's my probably, brain started bleeding. It's my fourth favorite character in Combiner Wars, actually. Uh, is, is the Game of Thrones of animation article. Uh, from hitfix.com. Uh, it's keeping that on 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 tap so I can reference it for quotes because it's the best written article I've ever uh, I've ever read about animation. Uh, anything else that stuck out to you guys as far as the the visuals of the show? Um, there there was that really great and again a vine that I, I made out of it uh, a bit where Windblade was just sort of like she was just riding a cannon. She's just straddling a cannon and it was just bouncing her up and down for a while. Well, Metroplex told her not to let it happen. Uh, that was a part. Pretty good, pretty good stuff. Ah, uh, all right. Uh, moving on. Uh, I've got, I've got some other things we could talk about. I'd like to talk about another one of my greatest disappointments. Um, again, not the voice actor's fault. Great voice, I think. Pretty cool voice. Uh, Starscream. We watch Starscream's prelude, where he was having an internal monologue about wanting to uh, to atone for everything he'd done. Um, it's very hard to parse with the fact that apparently he did not, in fact, want to atone for what he had done. He was just playing a long con where he was going to try to acquire power and betray Megatron and conquer the universe. You know, like, like good old G1 Starscream leads one to question what the point of the prelude was, unless that was actually a political ad. Would have been nice to know. Uh, one of the only things that I really hoped the show would not do was succumb to nostalgia and try to be clever and then tell me, hey, I'm so clever, it turns out Starscream's not the villain. Uh, which is another way of saying, I'm going to do the least interesting thing we could possibly do with Starscream, is have him turn out to be bad and then have Megatron say, I'm going to kill him. Uh, Starscream sucked! His voice was fine, but his story arc was hot garbage, especially because it ushered in the final arc of this this special where he turned into a giant blob with his head in the middle going and and screaming lasers at people, which I guess is clever because his name's Starscream. Uh, his whole character motivation was was a complete shamble, and it was one of the greatest examples of trying to write for nostalgia to a fault like against mm-hmm. every piece of source material you're drawing from for for the story of this prime wars trilogy thing to angrily reach back to g1 in the worst way you can and pull up something that has no place in this entire storyline and then to make it the climax of the story as well uh it was awful in my opinion at least um tj how'd you feel about starscream in this Starscream was, I, I I think what annoys me is Starscream was 
almost interesting. Starscream, like, okay, I'm almost buying into this take because it seems to be like, it was it was almost for a second, and especially with that prelude. Like, it almost seemed and felt like they really are going, like, the IDW direction of Starscream, but less. Like, yeah, I'm still, like, kind of the same guy I always was. Yeah, I was actually excited about that. Like, you know, mildly excited about that, I should say. Like, just the idea that they were going to present. I think I said this on a podcast. Like, it felt like they were going to present a vertical slice, in a way, of what the comic fiction is at right now in a, in a more simplified, digestible form, which I thought was a great idea. And yeah, then they just went back to the old fashioned Starscream that's not been around for a while and I haven't really missed it. It's it's weird to me. It's weird to me. Like here. okay, we have a Starscream who is one of the three people who controls Cybertron, one of the three leaders of all Transformers. And he goes, I want to be more leader. Yeah. Yeah. Leader of what? Right. (laughs) You're already in control. Yeah. Yeah. And not only is he already in control, his whole plan is to be like, there, yeah, I didn't even think about that part of it. He all, man, I hate it even more. I hate it even more now. There was no reason, like, especially unless you were going to delve into a more nuanced take on how perhaps the leadership of his whole planet was not, in fact, as satisfying as he had hoped, except they never went into that because they had no time. Uh, yeah, I didn't even think about that part because I was just so annoyed about him getting his little, you know, slice of G1 reinserted back in. It's like, you want to tell me about a really uninteresting Transformer story? Hey, let me tell I got this great new idea for a Transformer story, all right? Starscream betrays someone. Hmm. I like where you're going with it. I'm making the can game we have of Megatron Thrones. Get mad- can we get me- have Megatron get mad at him, too? Yeah, uh, in fact... Again, unheard of. Megatron's going to team up with Optimus Prime just to get back at Starscream. The only way it could have been more like heavy-handed was if there was a scene at the end where Starscream is groveling for forgiveness. So here's the thing. I think it's implied they killed Starscream. That's the way I took that. Except, that, you know, they failed to represent it very well in the animation. But it certainly felt to me like that was the, the intent of that whole that whole bit. I mean, I'll, I don't know. Maybe I missed something in the corner of the screen. Uh, let me just quote the article here. Uh, when we talk about adult animation, it's really about story sophistication. It's about moral complexity, multidimensional characters. It's not really about, hey, let's be more violent. It's just asking how sophisticated a story can we tell? I like to think about it as our robot version of Game of Thrones. Every character has a different kind of motivation and different goals. And when those motivations and goals clash with each other, that's when story happens. So says executive producer Eric Cauldron, uh, explaining how the more mature tone came about in the show. Now, you want to yell at someone at a convention. That's someone you can yell at. That's someone mm-hmm. you can take aside and go like, yo, what, what were you talking about in that article? Who... How did you go to sleep that night unless you had a Cheshire grin on your face? Uh, I'm re- yeah, I'm uh, I, it's a shame because I thought that I think I think Starscream's voice Frank Todaro has done a lot of he's a fan who's done a lot of voice acting like to me this this should have been a great moment 
for a fan voice actor to really, you know, escalate to mm-hmm. be a voice of a character in an entire series that is official. Not like, just I, <clears throat> I will give him credit. Like as far as like Star Screams go and how many times I've heard that G1 voice try to be imitated, that's as close as I've heard it come. Yeah, that's where some of my frustration comes from, is that you have this this fan this fan, longtime fan, turned voice actor, getting to to really like sink his teeth into this thing. And you're, he's he's in a position of having his name attached to this, and perhaps even having to try to figure out how to be proud of this thing as it's coming out, and and I cannot hold the voice actor responsible for that, but I find myself wanting to hold other people responsible. I don't know how to put that. Like it, it, it I find it very frustrating uh, to watch. Um, Rodimus was not like was Rodimus really much of anything in this. No, Rodimus could have no. been any stand-in. Okay. Which was disappointing because it's the first time we've had Rodimus Prime back in animation in forever. Yeah, and he mm-hmm. just he and, sounded like a guy. It, <laughs> it, I think he's lit. Like you want to talk, like you want to talk, just like G one pandering. Like that's G one Rodimus. Like the last time we saw Rodimus Prime in animation was G one, mm-hmm. and it's just like he walked right into Combiner Wars. It's the exact same character design. Yeah, like you got like, okay, you got a modern star screen with a bunch of extra bits and details and everything. You've got the Mistress of Flame, who's very you know IDW and detailed up, and then Rodimus is just there. Did they ever call her the Mistress of Flame in the show? They kept calling her Mistress. That yeah. sounds even weirder. Yeah, yeah, it does. the The whole Caminus angle in this whole show. Like, when it finished, I realized that everything I knew about Caminus did not come from this show. It came from me having read the comic books. And so I feel like I'm losing a perspective of, like, what was the average Joe just wanting to watch a new Transformers show? Like, what? Was, how did that strike them? Like, the yeah. lack of explanation of what the hell mm-hmm. was going on there. Yeah, we've got well, yeah, we've got three people running Cybertron, and the other two are just calling the other one Mistress. That's odd. Yeah. Does she have any normal name? It's like, I would think, like, even if that is your actual name, like, at some point, if I'm working with you this long in the council, I'm just going to sit down at some point and go, look, can I call you Sue? Like, Yo, do I M, have to call you Mistress Every- M. <laughs> M. <laughs> Yo, MF. No, that's cool. It means I think you're badass. <laughs> Mistress of Flame, what did you think? Oh. Oh. Oh, well, well, yeah, no, no. Look, would you rather call me, listen, you call me MF, I'll call you Alpha Q, all right? You call me by my proper name, Tink Tink. Tink. No, sorry, it's Bink, it's Bink Bink. Bink. All right, we've, we've agreed, that's the official onomatopoeia. Uh, I, I, uh, we've talked about two of my three favorite characters. Can we please talk about my favorite character? His name's Megatron. Maybe you've heard of him. He's the, the former leader of the Decepticons. Okay. Uh, he mm-hmm. was also the... How do I put this? You know how sometimes when a meteor hits the planet and the planet is enveloped in darkness? And then there's finally one beam of sunlight piercing through the dark sky, bringing about another age of just life and contentment to a world ravaged by death and desolation? Uh, in the context of this show, that was Megatron. Uh, in my opinion, wonderfully performed 
the voice actor was leaning right into the deranged, crazy old man aspect of the character. For whatever reason, despite how, like, angry... Like, the best way I can put a lot of the writing of this was angrily G1. Uh, Megatron came off, like, just this very strange, almost out-of-place success in the show. In every regard of what he did, he was, like, endlessly entertaining, perhaps... Because of the lack of that anywhere else, I'm not sure. But I really enjoyed Megatron in Combiner Wars. I liked his sassiness, his little, like, I'm gonna box you moment with Optimus Prime. The fact that he was just up for doing whatever, because he's like, ah, I don't like Starscream, let's go mess up his plan. Then, like, the end, he's just like, yep, yeah, I'm done, don't bother me again, I don't like it here. I like being by myself. Uh... His, his old line to, to Windblade is going, like, I like what you do. No, I meant the murder part, not the speaking part. Like, you know, just all this, the 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 old man sass coming off him was, was great. And also, the best post-process voice in the show. Megatron was a collection of successes, in my opinion. Um, I don't know how you guys, how did you guys feel about Megatron? Megatron, I at least feel like he was... Like he was a character, mm-hmm. like there he had a reason to be going to do what he was that felt like it had, you know, validity behind it. It felt like he was a morally complex, multi-dimensional character. Yeah, yeah. There was more than just. I mean, you know, especially when you compare it to, you know, Windblade. She was just angry and everybody knew why when you know city speaker and but nobody knew why and optimus prime was just like stereotypical optimus prime and i kind of felt bad about that yeah you know well especially with his like fight with windblade where it was just like matrix sidestepping of things and it's like you can like actually show optimus prime maybe not being some sort of perfect warrior yeah that that fight every time that fight scene felt like one of the most how do i put this a very textbook anime scene i guess Mm -hmm. of like the wizened old warrior whose way of defeating the angry young warrior is to just sidestep every attack and it's like no i get i get the the trope you're calling to but it doesn't look right with these characters Mm -hmm. it does not even just with these with those characters but with the animation style of it, we're already looking at like twelve to eighteen frames a second. Is this my connection lagging as they do the slow mo sidestep, or oh no, that's how you meant to animate it? Oh, okay. Yeah. God, this show's gonna come out on disc, isn't it? Okay, it might not, <sighs> but I hope it does. Oh my god, I want to own a Blu-ray of Combiner Wars, <laughs> and I want it to say the Game of Thrones of animation in huge block letters on the front of the cover. Um. TJ, how'd you feel about Megatron in the show? Megatron was the light in the dark hour that this show was. It's weird when you've got one character in a show that's just like, where where was the writing for everything else? Yeah, like, when, when it's like the room is falling apart, but this one chair in the middle is built so well. And you're like, what, what, why didn't you build every chair in the room like this? And the walls and the ceiling and the floor. Mm-hmm. yeah but you know that that was kind of the thing when he entered the show i'm gonna sit in that chair and be happy because it's a nice chair 
Yep, and I'm going to survive whatever happens because this chair is in the perfect place and it's built mm-hmm. very strong. <laughs> it is a pillar of the room. I, I, I love that they, like, they ratcheted up this smarmy attitude of him. It's like he can't be like the tyrant, you know, over, you know, overlording Decepticon he was in G1. But you, know, you take that, you take those moments in G1 where he just has this kind of snarky attitude towards Starscream and just make that the basis of him. Right. So, so, so like you said, he's not quite like he's, he's not falling back to G1, really. He's not falling I, back to the classic G1 caricature. Like they're pulling like, this one aspect and making it a new character. Yeah, and mm-hmm. because like because that is an aspect that G One Megatron had, it almost does feel like an appropriate step beyond. Like here's a Megatron that's kind of lost his taste for war, so he kind of falls back to this other side of himself that you know doesn't really doesn't really go with the tyrant, but he kind of gets a smirk out of it. So that all that said. Does that not make it more mind-boggling that Starscream had the exact opposite approach to his writing? That, like, for Megatron, they're willing to to play, but then with Starscream, it's like, gotta be G1! The very final hour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that's part of, again, part of the frustration I have, is that Megatron is so well done and exemplifies what I felt every character could have been in this. But it was just, it was either, they were either like falling back to what to what you know was in the 80s or they were an extremely straightforward caricature like windblade like and and by the way windblade's character uh the the one of the descriptions of how they wrote her the way she was quote we had this awesome Sorry, we had this amazing-looking female ninja with this light sword and these awesome wings. I thought she looked she's made to fight. She had to be made a much more active character. Um, which I thought said it all. Because she also doesn't look like a ninja. Wow. <laughs> well, with the face thing that she blows off on the when we first see her, maybe that made her look... I guess if we make up a ninja mask ninja. for her... Then yeah. she, does it, she's... That's, that's, oh! Okay, sorry, go ahead. It's like literally just staring at the character model going, oh, that's a Japanese thing, she's a ninja. Yeah, like that, mm-hmm. but that to me also says so much about the attitude behind the... Sh- Again, the attitude of how the show is made is be- is wonderfully represented in, oh, this Windblade looks like a cool ninja with a light sword. Yeah, which which basically boils down to the research for this show was, we got a picture. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no. Okay, no, because right before that, the same guy sentence before is she's called the city speaker, which means there are these giant Titans that can't speak anymore. And she's supposed to telepathically interpret their messages. We had this amazing looking female ninja. She had to be more active was, was kind of the full paraphrase. So, you know, we, we, we take this element of G1 Megatron. We make that the character we have Starscream, and he's very much G1 character. We look at Windblade, and she has this character and we went, no, but ninjas. We could get us some of that. I don't know what's the, what's there's no not, it's not Machinima, is it? We're I haven't fully watched it, but there's that show Ruby, another another oh, web that's series. Rooster Teeth. Okay, yeah, Rooster Teeth got that show with all the ninja women in it. We should have our own ninja. Oh my god. <laughs> The thing is, they're used like they don't do like ground up animate. Well, they kind of do, but it's like software generated. But yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. my god, like, you want to see, like, 
3D cinematography and combat scenes, that show is amazing. And it's not CG models crashing into each other. Yeah, but but hey, listen, this was animated by Tatsunoko Studios. All right. Uh, yeah, and this was animated by a bunch of guys who dubbed over Halo to get famous. Yeah. <laughs> Again, this is oh man, there's so many layers, to, but we gotta we gotta focus on the show for now. Um, I think yeah, it sounds like I think a lot of the internet fandom kind of connected with that Megatron. That Megatron sort of became the star of the show from a lot of the talk I saw. Um. Which makes me kind of excited that his voice actor is coming to TFCon Chicago. Because um, I, I think that that's... It's almost like... Because you know, John Bailey's Prime wasn't bad. He just didn't get a lot of good lines. He had yeah. a lot of very Optimus Prime lines. Um, I think I mean, that having him and Megatron's voice actor there is like, Hey, listen, here's here's some of the best parts of the whole experience. Now, I think that will diffuse, perhaps, the temptation to, to be a jerk uh, about the show at the voice actor's. But who knows? You know, we'll see next month. <laughs> Hope not. Um, oh, there was one thing about Megatron I didn't like. Um, so I really liked that his alt mode was a tank, because I like it when you stop making Megatron a gun all the time. But then when he turned into a nerf gun, and and it was not just, not just a, he turned into a gun, but a very, very thin and sleek gun, I was kind of like, listen, you're going to make it turn into a gun, at least make me believe he did it. <laughs> yeah. I don't believe that's him. I believe he did I, a backflip and then fell off the frame and threw a gun up there and Optimus Prime caught it. I, I would have liked to see that too of like very Megatron pulls like his cannon is at the end of it or a scope or something to look at it and, and see Megatron, not just like, oh, it's a silverish and black gun. That eh, must be Megatron. And that's like it was a cool moment, but that scene was also just dripping with that same attitude of like, yeah, you remember G1? It's back and it's cool. I did get a good laugh out of how it is this gigantic handgun, but it has a smaller hand grip for Optimus to grab <laughs> <Yeah>. onto. <laughs> uh, man, I, I, actually, what I'd really like to talk about is that I can't find it in myself. I think the writing. Uh, of, of the series really suffered but I can't understand why because a lot of the people working on the show have worked in animation and like robots mm-hmm. uh, there were folks working on this who worked on on Clone Wars there were folks on this, on this like George K who worked on uh, Megas XLR worked on this I don't understand what happened this like the for the show to be weak I was kind of expecting it to be weak. I was like, yeah, they'll probably run into some budget walls. But, like, to be so aggressively poor at that very core of what it was trying to communicate as a story, for the story to, to, to actually to, to actually unironically feel like it was written by a bunch of the, of, of the people who were always like, man, I remember when Transformers was about robots fighting. Stupid comics. Like... It felt like that that parodical comic book character I just invented was the one who wrote the show that was based on the comic book material, and then it got made and released. And I've like I can't believe that the people who worked on this have their names attached to this with any sense of pride whatsoever. It's it's like I can't accept the notion. 
that they are defending this work in conversation. And I, I don't understand how this happened. Like, on a very broad spectrum. I don't understand how this happened. Um, it's so poor. Uh, like, I don't know. Like, I think budget entered into it, but do you guys have any theories at all? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I... The other thought that I had through part of this was, like, they got people that, like, were fans of Transformers, not that are fans of Transformers, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. I I can understand that side. It's like, you know, I really dug G1, and then I guess there was some other stuff there for a while, but yeah, we can do Transformers. And it's not like there was anything done with, like, malice or, or ill content, just, like, people remembering what they thought and then having, like, someone at Hasbro saying, okay, here's here's this, here's that, you know, this is what's going on, and then it just went. But how... So I mean that, and, that, that like that can explain nobody, some of the. I was gonna say, and there was nobody along the way, or schedules got messed up, or something to be like, no, this this doesn't work. But I mean that that explains like some of the story beats, like Starscream turning out to be evil. But like mm-hmm. Starscream could have turned out to be evil without without the show being a, a garbage fire. And like it's 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 like some of the story beats I can understand, but like just the very basic quality of this story as a as a an eight installment story was like a bad fan media piece. Mm-hmm. There was there were there was there was a lack of explanation as to anything that's going on. There was barely even closure to the to to the story. The motivations at times made no sense the flow of the story was rickety and 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 tripping and and like the the whole in- involvement of victorion get, getting an entire prelude and being in the show for all of about 60 seconds the the implication at the end that the combiners don't combine they're just five very large robots that are going to go live by themselves the 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 part where menasaur and computron are suddenly alive at the end <laughs> yeah and i'm still not sh- like okay this enigma of combination doesn't necessarily need to be like the comic books enigma of com- eh, of combination but just like because they're combiners, it can bring them back to life, which really shouldn't have killed all of them because they're combiners, except for, oh, yeah, they're not individuals. But they're also yeah. Autobots and Decepticons. That but, was literally said in the show. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. So I, who were they? <laughs> and what does the Enigma do? What the hell happened to Starscream? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the enigma of combination in the comic books at least made quantifiable sense you shoot it at five people and they combine like that's not smart but it it has a point a and a point b <laughs> like that's the part that i find so hard to under like i can, you can easily just go oh this was written so bad the people working on this should never write for transformers again this was very poorly written but it's like but they're but they're not 
they're not they're not bad members of the animation industry as far as I come to understand. Maybe they are now. I don't know. Like, the names attached to this should not have put out a product like this. And unless they were given no money, but it's like, at what point were they given no money? Like, when did when did that get dropped on them? Why did they mm-hmm. stick with the project then? What blood contract was... I don't know. Like, the, the, sto- the, the show itself... The most interesting part about it is how the hell did it get made so badly with so many good names and and factors going into it that it should have at least been 45 minutes of, like, entertaining Drek. But it wasn't even entertaining Drek. It was was just badly made. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's why it leaves me just so confused. It's also why I wanted to record this podcast so soon, because like within the next couple months, I'm pro- after TFCon Chicago, I'm probably going to put it out of my mind for a long time. Oh yeah, and like, so I want to I want to say what I, cause I this this show generates a whole lot of thoughts, but like they, I don't want them living in my head too long, because I don't want to give this show this much energy after a while. Um, it's just kind of show where the energy it generates is not energy you want to hold on to. Like yeah, like. Give it, give it, give it a month. I won't remember a thing about this. I'll literally be able yeah. to listen to this recording and go, "Oh yeah, yeah." We'll have it all down here, and <laughs> we can we can go back to this. This is literally a time capsule we're burying, just so in case we ever need to remember this at some point. Yeah, like I wouldn't say this was. I've seen it said that you know this is worse than Superlink, and I'm like, no, I'm because this wasn't worth. This was forty minutes of your time. How long was Superlink? Too right? long. Yeah, make the equation. To have watched all of Superlink was an actual d- like dent put into your human lifespan. To watch Combiner Wars wasn't was your lunch hour. You know, you've lost lunch hours before. Um, but and it's, I don't know how to say this without also saying like I didn't think this was going to be the second coming of Transformers animation. I, I thought it was going to I- be flawed. I think we had our hopes up when they tell us, oh, it's oh, it's it's going to be like a Transformers series for adults. But like, the first was, thing I thought was is mm-hmm. that is it gonna be like that G.I. Joe one where they started off on like an entire like whatever it was covered in blood because Major Blood's dead. Like was it gonna be like that? At least that was animated well. Yeah, but like I think we had like we had memories of like G.I. Joe Resolute. That's what I was thinking of. Like, like, oh yeah, there's there's blood and swearing and it's written for, you know, fans who grew up with it in the eighties. And like now it's a story that you can relate to as an adult. Like Um That's kind of what we had in our heads when they tell us, well, we're gonna do an adult Transformer series. Um there's nothing adult about this. No, this was not adult there was nothing about this. Not even the violence. That that felt harder than anything I've seen elsewhere in this franchise. There was nothing about this that no. stood out. Even in the most Dreamwave-esque, in the most adolescent sense of the word mature, there was nothing about this that, that felt like it wasn't even it wasn't even funny. It wasn't like, you know, Transformers swearing at each other and, and f- robot blood spraying all over the place. It's just nothing happened. No, no, no they just we, we we hate left arms and that's about it like yeah transformers prime was more violent than this 
Like, like, who yeah, is it? Yeah, like, you know, Cliff Jumper gets run through and there's actual fluid dripping. And he's a zombie yeah. afterwards. Thunderwing gets a hole shot through him, you know? <laughs> like, I think Animated even had harsher violence than this stuff. In Animated, like, Ultra Magnus got wrecked. Like, and and, and this is just talking about the most adolescent form of mature. Like, as far as a nuanced story... Most of the Transformers cartoons the last few years have been more nuanced and complex and like Game of Thrones than this was. Like I just I'm I I don't know how anyone was saying any of that with a straight face, knowing that like they, they are still working and their name is attached to all this stuff. Like this should this is the project that you are ashamed of, not one you're proud of. So I'm 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 astounded and agog at at, at how this turned out, already having expected this to be like kind of awkwardly cool at best i don't know like did you like aaron did you like did you have expectations going in i'd kind of hoped it was going to be more than what this ended up being um it just seemed like there are a whole lot of places where i mean going back over like what we talked about between the audio being oddly mixed at times the visuals you know i for a show you've got things talking they hopefully would have had better lip flap than all the way open even more open and dislocated jaw and like it just seems like a thing that was done as again kind of like i don't know about a passion project but hey this is something we're excited about and then we just had to get it out the door and like it was somebody's other other project. I mean, it certainly felt that way in the promo stuff. How this yeah. kind of just arrived, and like, it's just like I I don't want to say that like the, this show had build up because it didn't, but like this goes beyond like, huh? I I knew it was going to turn out badly. It's like no, that's that's one thing. This is different. Like this is worse than that. Hmm. I don't know. Like TJ, what what were your expectations of this going in? My expectations was to, like, well, for starters, as soon as you say Combiner Wars, I kind of expected, like, an actual war of some kind. Yeah. And not or... not just two Combiners and six people. Yeah. Uh, and that was the Combiner War starting and ending. Yeah. It's like, it's like, you end off the series with, go, lead your people. Like, number one, who elected her? Your people! Two, there's four of you. Like... All I needed was some monitors in the background that showed like like Superion crashing through buildings and like uh, Bruticus going on a rampage. So like there's stuff that happened before. I'm kind of mm-hmm. glad they weren't in it, though. It does spare them. <laughs> like, man, the, the Computron gift set just came out. What a great advertisement for that toy. Yeah, like, no kidding. There was part of me that was thinking, OK, well, maybe this was like just toy tie-in because well Computron is in there of course and then like okay Victorian etc there's part of me saying like it would have almost been cool to like have the Metasaur be the G2 colors just to tie it into the current release like if this thing had even succeeded at being a toy commercial that would have been interesting no it didn't sell me on anything it sold me on I really want a Megatron in that design and that's about it yeah and then that, hey, guess what doesn't have a toy so- yeah, that makes sure. 
No, what I expected out of this was, like, I was expecting, by their own admission, a more mature style of Transformers story. You know, and the story I got was just very poorly delivered, barely set up, missing a lot of exposition that was needed. And the exposition I got was clunky and forced somehow. And this is including the preludes, I would even say, that that's on the mark. Sometimes the preludes made, like like with the Starscream one, the preludes made it even worse. Like, Victorion's prelude has more Victorion than the show. Yeah. Like, man, if you want to talk about feeling bad for a voice actor, like, man, Victorion's voice actor, how would it... We, we, you have a whole prelude to your character. All right, cool. All right, we're going to have you in the booth to say about six lines. Oh, for episode, episode, the first episode. Of, no, no, for the whole series. Bye. Oh, okay. Well, thanks. I'm Victorion. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I am just so disappointed, but also surprised and it's hard to say surprise without it's hard to say surprise in a way that makes it clear that I'm surprised beyond reasons why you might tell me oh you shouldn't have been surprised cuz like no no I should be surprised <laughs> for all the names attached to this I should be surprised at how this turned out um Aaron anything else uh discussable from Combiner Wars you want to uh, want to hit Not that I can think of off the top of my head uh, TJ, were there any other major aspects of the show that jumped to mind? The show wasn't long enough to have more aspects than that. Yeah, I mean, that, that's really all that's left are a few little little niggling things in my head. Like, number one, I, to this day, I still have trouble referring to those as episodes. Um, they weren't, for the most part. Um, I, I still can't believe the show called Combiner Wars did not have anyone combine in it. Yeah. And, uh... I'm not surprised about the Titans return, um, you know, little little sequel sequel hook at the end, because, I mean, obviously they had Prime Wars trilogy in the title. They were probably going they were probably told in the bullet points, hey, you should lead into Titans return. Here's what a Titan is. Um, But man, what a what a what a what a little wet fart of a sequel hook that was by the end of all that. At the very end, right after referring to the Combiners as a people, it's like, and somewhere out there is the Titans. Are you, we're, We might make another one of these. And it's like, I bet you will. Good luck with that. The only other thing I, I have to talk about, really, is uh, the thing I've talked about on our podcast before. I'd like to say it here, too. Uh, Machinima's release... I was going to say schedule. Their entire release thing about this the the way that combiner wars is called a web series uh it was it was outdated poor and it, it made it more trouble than it was worth to actually watch the show if you were in america because you had to get that go 90 or you know use the go 90 stuff thank goodness you could use youtube but like the weekly release thing like this is already this already turned out to be a terrible show the the five minutes a week for eight weeks thing, it, it, it wasn't even, by the end of the show, uh, more so in the middle, actually, I think, by the end, people were going back to catch up since it was over. But, like, you know, in the middle section of this show, it, was, it wasn't even that it was bad. It was that everyone had forgotten about it because it was just losing everyone's interest. You can't, you cannot, in 2016, just release five minutes a week for two months. No one cares enough to, you have to have made... 
one of the most groundbreaking shows in the world for that to even keep people's attention. And I, even the most deluded producer who might have been working on this, I can't fathom that they would have thought people are going to tune in every week excited to see what happened. The people who tuned in every week, a majority of them were probably watching the two-month-long train crash. That was probably about it. Just oh so slowly. Because it wasn't, like, the only upside of that five-minute thing was, hey, every Tuesday I see a tweet saying there's a new episode. Well, five minutes doesn't take long. I guess I'll watch it. Five minutes later, huh. And then, like, that was about it, except for that one time when I made all those vines. Because that, that, the Bink episode was probably the high point of the series, really. That's probably the episode that got the most entertainment out of me, and for not the right reasons. Oh, no. But, but TJ, you you had made before, you know, you'd, you'd mentioned how, you know, Rooster Teeth's Ruby series... Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just that there are, you know, in a broad spectrum, there are a lot of really well-made web cartoons and shows that are exclusive yeah. to the Internet. The, the idea that like that, like you might the idea of starting the conversation about trying to equate this to those shows is so laughable to me. Like the, that's really one of the final codas on the discussion about Combiner Wars. In the, in the greater world of web exclusive, of web series, which which are made by companies like Machinima, using like YouTube talent, uh, voice talent, um, this this doesn't even hang with with some of the most moderates of those. Like that that's probably the final dagger in this thing's shoulder is that yeah. there are already things that did this very project better. Mm-hmm. It's not just that, like. This is Machinima. This is Tatsunoko. Like, these are, like, professional people. Well, let's not get crazy. Let's not put Machinima up there on the same hill as Tatsunoko now. Let's... Okay, okay, ta- okay, okay. <laughs> that I apologize for. Like, let's, let's calm down <laughs> this... for a second. All right? okay, okay, yeah, you got, one, you got one of the oldest and most well-known animation companies out of Japan in the history of Japan. Uh, Yeah, Machinima's not in that league. No, like, Machinima has... Machinima's kind of been bad for a while. Like that's if we're gonna if I'm gonna say like one thing did temper me a little bit going into this, it was the part where Machinima will distribute it. That was me. That was the first moment of oh, okay, okay. I will I will put it this way. I'll put it this way. You have a legendary animation studio involved. You have a like a modern internet entertainment company. Who should know these? Who should know about these things? And the pro- the end result, the end product, doesn't compare to fan made stuff that was done for pennies. I mean, I will. The only thing I'll disagree with is the notion Machinima should have known better. They should have known better, but they had already taken a deal for a whole lot of money to exclusively provide content for Go ninety, which is kind of an indication. Actually, they don't know better. They, they don't understand the state of web media right now if they actually are taking this Go90 deal. But whatever, that's a lot of money. I guess the money is the important part. Um, but, I mean, I'll even say, a lot of Japanese studios, no matter how venerable, one thing Japan is sometimes not very good at is episodic CG. Like, that's some of the weaker anime I've watched in the, la- in, in, you know, the last 15 years, is whenever CG would get heavily involved. It's why, like, good Japanese CG always gets me really excited. Like, um, classic tokusatsu series, classic now at least, uh, Keitai Sosakan 7, like, the fact that that mixed in CG cell phones that, t- at the time, looked really good! Like, that, that, that really caught my eye. Like, I can let it go if the, if the animation's kind of weak, 
But this animation was not just weak. This animation was soulless. Uh, this animation had no spirit. It had it had no excitement. It was a husk. Uh, and my favorite thing to recall while watching this show was that interview before it came out where one of the statements from the, sh the team was, we had to teach the animation company the meaning of the word badass. <laughs> the animation's company is just like, you. no, we just heard the first part of that. Or maybe the second part. Oh, you want a but bad... But not together. You want an anally bad show. All right, we can do that. It will be no, bad. No, it could be... It, 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 it was a bad show. Or it was an ass show. Yeah, it will be bad and it will look like it is from ass. We've we've accomplished what you asked of us. That's how I'd respond if I had someone in 2016 telling me, Hey, maybe... uh, Hey, Animator-san, maybe you don't know the American word badass. <laughs> oh, we don't know bad... Yeah, we'll do your show. We'll take your money. Yeah. yeah, we'll we'll do your show. We'll do your badass show. Then <laughs> this is what happens. Um, what a disappointment. Uh, what do you guys think? I think there's a good chance that a Titans Return show will happen. Because like it or not, um, this thing probably had enough viewership to account for the probably pitiful budget it had to operate on. Yeah. Um, I suspect we'll probably get a Titans Return show done with a similar team in a similar way with a similar um, approach. Uh, do you guys think there is room for... Okay, I'll rephrase that. I was going to say, do you think there's room for improvement? Yes! Do you guys think there is a chance for specific improvements going into a second one of these? And specifically what do you think could go better? I... Is there a chance there could be improvement? Yes, of course. This is they did not set their bar terribly high for this one. Do I think that there will be? No. Or or minimal. I mean, I think that there are some things that could be touched up without a whole lot of issue, but there's man, there's a lot of it that this I, I hate saying this seems like a corporate kickout thing. Oh, it does. Where where yeah, I and it very much feels like that, and it very likely was. However, giving the benefit of the doubt that there's, like, people that really wanted to do this, it seems like there was just a whole bunch of stuff that's, like, that's good enough. Move on. Well, that's what I, that's the thing about all the names attached. Like, I feel like there was a lot of people wanting to do this, and they were at the base level, and they just got buried under a mountain of, we don't have enough money to do anything you want to do. Like, that's that's mm -hmm. that's what this show felt like to me. And I hope that they can get a bigger budget next time, at least. <laughs> TJ, do you, do, you, do you think that there's anything that would likely improve in a sequel to this? I think the easiest thing to improve would just be, okay, like, I, I, I know you can hear the hardware grinding and the smoke starting to pour out of the vents, but please let please let the episodes render a little bit longer so the frames are better. Yeah, like two-pass rendering would be nice. Yeah. Maybe even multi-pass. Like, that seems like the easiest thing to do. It's just like, please render it 30 frames at least. Like, 60s, like, too much to hope for, but... Uh, it was... Because you gotta, it's, it's you gotta to, it's think, a, right? Yeah. You, gotta, you gotta think that, like... In the opening, especially, there had to have been a different attitude than near the end. Because in those opening couple episodes, 
there's a surprising amount of padding too, right? Like that combiner fight taking a million years or the the like 500 year long trip of Starscream slowly flying towards oh the council God. room. Oh my God. I don't know how you have ep- that episode. I have no idea how you have both padding and rushed exposition. Yeah, at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> the same episode. Yeah, like like stuff like that is part of why I've for everything I'm saying, I do feel like there were good intentions that got mired in what had to be a lack of money. I like and again, I'm I am just shooting spit in the wind. I, I have a I and and I maybe I I have a bias cuz I don't trust Machinima very much, but I have a feeling like Machinima might be a real key, a linchpin to how all this went wrong given how a lot of this stuff seems to stem from not enough money being provided to the talent working on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but can you imagine, like, if this was done with the same voice actors and the same the same t- the same behind the scenes team, but then, like, if it was given more money, or if even the animation was if, if they're already crowdsourcing everything else, if they brought in some of the the, the talented fan animators we have in the community, like. And then they still put money behind it. Like, it's, like there's so much that could have. There's so there are so many people on the outskirts of this show looking in on it. Where I'm like, why didn't they just get you involved? There's almost a point to me. It's like, like the thing we credit the most is like the voice acting because some of it's miscast, but there are really good performances. Megatron, really good performance. You know, like John Bailey. Like I've known him since. Before he was a pro, a pro, I know how badly he wanted to be Optimus Prime. Like, so I know there's actual passion in that performance, and I can hear that. You know, it just makes me like, like the part, like I saw people making fun of the show because they're pulling things off of YouTube, and like the things they pulled off YouTube were the best things. Yeah, they pulled mm-hmm. talented people, like to because there's a lot of criticism of this show that I, I highly disagree with. Like the one saying like, oh, if they had gotten better voice actors, it's like, well, no, that wouldn't have a higher paid voice actors wouldn't have fixed a thing about what's wrong with the show and B they didn't pull bad voice actors. They pulled maybe amateur ones, but being amateur doesn't mean you're bad at what you're doing. A good voice director will get a good performance out of someone with talent with enough time. Um, you know, there was complete like there, like there were a lot of people saying, well, if the show didn't have Windblade in it, it's like son, Windblade was the last problem with the show. All right. The biggest Windblade problems with the show come from the perspective of liking Windblade. Uh, but like, like the the voice actors in this are among the most blameless, in my opinion. Like, I, I, that's that's one of the, again, that's one of the things I was just like so worried about by the end of this. I'm like, are these voice actors going to be made pariahs by the the greater community? Because they don't deserve it. No. The show deserves it. The people work who worked on it don't. It um, genuinely makes me curious. How would like a fan collaborated project work? Like you like. Okay, we outsourced all the voice acting to YouTube, like, but there's people on, like, there's Transformer fans on YouTube that are good writers. There are ones that are good animators. And this is ignoring the part where there are also people who work on the comic books who are good writers. Oh, yeah. (laughs) One of them wrote Windblade for television. Marigreed Scott works on R.I.D. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, the... Was watching all the watching all of the 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 active Transformers contributors on Twitter, watching Derek Wyatt, the IDW artists, looking in on this show, and I'm like, they're all right here, 
sitting in the front row of your show. They pr- did you even did it cross anyone's mind to reach out to a single one of these people and at least see what they would have charged? Like they're all right there watching this train wreck. Like that was that was painful to witness. Uh but yeah, like they're, they're a fan the only thing about a fan thing, like what I should say, getting a fan animator, getting getting more fans involved. That doesn't mean it would be a more professional project. It might get it might suffer for completely different reasons of people not being used to the process. A fan animator might not be able to like, you know, it might take years for a fan animated piece to get finished. If it's especially if it's got heavy action and combiners in it and stuff. Um so there's no like there's no easy solution to how this went the way it did, but this certainly is not better than most things I've seen fans make. Uh and I'm trying to say that without tooting my own horn in any way. But like I'm I'm in a very selfish way, I'm also kind of aghast that I feel better about stupid waving like toy puppetry videos I make on YouTube than the official Transformers Combiner show. Like, that shouldn't be the case. But I I like my own videos more, and I usually hate my own videos. So, I hope that this is not going to be the one time they tried to make a more mature Transformers cartoon. Because, like, can you imagine that world? Like, the the world where... Every time it's suggested we could make a show aimed at older fans, someone will say, yeah, but we tried, and Combiner Wars wasn't very good. Like, that's one of the, the long-term worries I have about this. Like, has this tainted the water? Because I hope not. Um, anything else about Combiner Wars that you guys wanted to go and drop? Anything else built up in your head that you really want to throw out, throw out there? No, I'm I'm good. Yeah, I'm done. All right, that's Transformers Combiner Wars. That's our uh, podcast about it. Hope that um, it was cathartic for you. We've 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 talked almost twice as long as the actual series was. It there's a lot of there's a lot about that show that warrants discussion. Just not very much of it is in the actual show. Mm-hmm. Kind of the story of Combiner Wars. Um. Anyway. That's all for this installment of uh, WTF at Machinima. Uh, Maybe we'll see you all again next year with WTF at Machinima, Titans Return. We'll find out. But until then, thank you, Aaron and TJ, for joining me. And, uh, hey, go combine your toys. It's fun. It means, but you got some badass perpetrators and they're here to stay.